Welcome into episode number 10 of the Pinewood Perspective. 10 episodes, 10 weeks. Uh, we're having a lot of fun doing this, and we're going to keep doing it. Week 4 recap coming up today. Uh, we're going to be talking about after a quarter of the season. We're going to be talking about um, major awards, who we think is going to be walking away with the major awards. We're going to be diving into Urban Meyer a little bit. And then we're going to get into our Week 5 preview, Week 5 pickums, and overrated, underrated. Today we got NFL announcers. I'm Will G. I'm JB. And this is episode number 10 of the Pinewood Perspective. Welcome back into episode number 10 of the Pinewood Perspective. We have a great show for you guys this week. How, uh, we'll go ahead and get into everyone's weekends first like we always do. JB, how was your weekend? Not bad, man. Got a lot done. Had some homework to do. Um, got that done. Vikings game didn't go as expected, but other than that, it was a good weekend. How'd fantasy treat you? Actually, not that bad. I squeaked away in some. I did have one heartbreaking ass loss. I lost. You had what? Ha- a heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. Yeah. Those are tough. Um, half point PPR, so a little bit lower of a scoring league. I lost ninety nine point like nine five to like ninety nine point five four. It was under under puke. half a point. That yeah. makes more puke. Under half a point. I went one and two this weekend. On the bright side, me and JB are three and one in our dynasty league after losing J.K. Dobbins. You know, we've been faced with some adversity, but as good GMs always do, we always bounce back. Yeah, it did feel good. It, it really did feel good to see Justin Fields, you know, playing solid this weekend. You know, not a lot of passing attempts. They weren't really tossing the rock a lot, but when they were tossing the rock, it was. You know, they were, they were taking shots, which we hadn't seen all year long, really, out of the Bears. And, uh, yeah, it was. See, see, see some deep shots. That was actually the second most explosive play. We had the second most explosive plays in the Matt Nagy era in <laughs> that game. Can you tell me the first – do you know the first game, Justin, The where we had the most explosive plays? No. I'll give you a hint. It was Matt Nagy's first year as head coach of the Chicago Bears. We had eight explosive plays. Explosive plays are plays 20 yards or longer. We had five this weekend. In 2018, we had one where we had eight explosive plays. No. (laughs) It was uh, Bears-Bucks where Mitch Trubisky pitched six touchdown passes that day. Remember that game where we stomped on Fitzmagic when the Bucks were rolling at like two and one, beat the Saints. What? And we. Mitch you don't remember Mitch most Trubisky memorable having six touchdown passes in one game, and we were, we were like, holy shit, the future's here. Oh my god, that was it right there. You had Sports Center posting the him in the goat pictures, dude. Oh my god, it was a great time to be a Bear fan that day. They had like the. The glasses, like the foggy glasses, and mm. it's like you see a little baby goat, but it's a little blurry, and then you take the glasses off, and it was a picture of Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> That's what Sports Center was posting that day, and they were talking like true quarterback. 
Oh, shit, yeah. So, second most explosive plays in the Matt Nagy era came this last Sunday against the Detroit Lions. He looked good. I had a good weekend. Um, we're going to get into uh, that in a little bit. But let's go ahead and start off with uh, who's worse here, Titans or Saints? And the reason I'm picking these two teams is because of the fact that they're beating good teams but losing to bad teams. You know, the Saints, obviously, we all remember that beautiful 35-point ass beating that they put on Green Bay week one. And then the following week, they go out and get stomped by the Panthers. And then week three, they go out and beat, you know, the Patriots, who are looking good this year. And then they lose to the Giants this weekend. So, and then the Titans, you know, come out, lose to an Arizona team. That's really good and fair. They did get their shit stomped in. And then who'd they beat week two? Wasn't anyone special, was it? Was it the Jaguars? No, yeah, they beat Seattle in OT. Yeah. And no, then, that was week three. Oh, well, then who they – because they're two and two, aren't they? Yes. I forget who their week two was. They did win week two, though. Yeah, they uh, played uh, – shit, hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. No, that was – oh, I am wrong. That was week two. It was the Seahawks' overtime win. Yeah, and then they beat the Colts last weekend. And, and, then, they, and then they beat the Colts. And, and then they then, go out there and yeah. lose to the goddamn Jets. Like, who is worse, would you guys say, the Titans or the Saints? JB, I'll let you kick it off. I'm going to say the Saints. I mean, everybody was, oh, Jameis Winston. <laughs> the GOAT. Uh, the same, true GOAT. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I wasn't bought on them from the, the beginning. I still have them missing the playoffs. Under 500, so. Um, I hope not. They kind of righted their course in a certain sense for me. Got money on the line. Um, this is now kind of what I expected them to be, kind of a middle-of-the-pack team, kind of losing some close games, but, like, still being okay enough to compete with some better teams. Um, but I think the Titans, when they're fully healthy, the Titans are better than the Saints. No questions. You get A.J. Brown back, you get Julio back. I mean, there's no questions asked. Better than the Saints. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, so I agree with J.B. I feel like the Titans are better than the Saints. Uh, first, you got to look at their quarterbacks. I feel like um, Ryan Tannehill is an NFL-ready quarterback. So is Jameis Winston, but um, he's quietly putting up great numbers. I feel he got the stank on him from Miami, but uh, he's a good quarterback. Then you got to look at the weapon situation. I feel like the Saints are, I don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas, but they don't have any definitive number one receivers or, uh, you know, they don't they, they don't got Jared Cook anymore. Um, then you look at the Titans, they got Julio, a true number one, a veteran. Then you got a great number two in A.J. Brown. And then you can look at their running backs, Alvin Kamara versus uh, Derrick Henry. And you can make a, a a case for either one to be better than the other. I, I personally would probably choose Derrick Henry. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious. Then you can look at their divisions. I feel like the Titans are going to win their division. I'm not even sure that the Saints are going to make the playoffs or contend, to be honest. Um, they both got good head coaches. Actually, Sean Payton, I believe, is a great head coach. I think Vrabel is a good head coach. So I feel like the Titans' upside is much better as well. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like overall the Titans are the team. 
see, look, I'm 50-50 on this when it comes to the Saints and the Titans. I really don't know who is better. I like the Saints' defense much more than the Titans' defense. The Titans' defense has been struggling all year long. But when talking offense, you got to roll with Tennessee, you know. Kamara in New Orleans is like their number one receiver right now. You know, he's their, obviously, their biggest threat. So it's just been so easy for teams to just key in on Kamara, and that's why you see some of the struggles that he's been having through four weeks. And I'm sure the pressure load will be a lot easier when Michael Thomas comes back. When that will be, we don't know. But pure running back, pure runner, Derrick Henry, I mean, you feed, you can feed him 35 to 40 times a game. I mean, a dude's just a workhorse, and he's going to run your ass over all day. And then they can air it out with guys like Julio and A.J. Brown. And Ryan Tannehill's an accurate passer. Like Justin said, he had some stank on him from Miami, but I think – People across the league and, you know, analysts like us are realizing, like, year after year that he grows in this Tennessee system that he's a much better quarterback than people think he is, and it's just really starting to show. So, I mean, I like Tennessee's offense a lot more than I like New Orleans. It's just a matter of defense at the same time. I like the Saints defense much more than I like Tennessee so I'm so 50-50 I feel like I just really couldn't give you a definitive answer on who I truly think is better I think each time they play I think it'd probably be a good game I'd have to agree with you on I don't think the Saints are probably going to be making a postseason push you know Carolina's looking like a strong threat out of their division the Bucks obviously are the Bucks and um you can never sleep on the Falcons even though I don't think they're a good team really at all it's just a division matchup so you can never sleep on those games the thing that Tennessee has going for them is they are playing in by far the worst division in football. The Colts are playing rough this year. Um, obviously, there's been, you know, it's change in Indianapolis, but they're not looking hot. That's the only thing really Tennessee's got going for them. The Jaguars are by far, honestly, they might be taking the Texans spot for the worst team in football. At least the Texans, you know are putting in an effort out there, it looks like. It, the Jaguars just, there's so much shit going on there, and then we'll dive into Urban Meyer here later. But truly, who's better? I really couldn't tell you. I couldn't give you a true definitive answer that I would be confident in it. In a game, if I think they went one-on-one right now and I had to place my money, I'd say Tennessee. But, you know, they played 10 times. I couldn't tell you who's winning the most amount of games. Let's go ahead and uh, switch it up. Justin Fields played well. And uh, the question was going to be, will he be starting quarterback in week five against Las Vegas? But Matt Nagy answered that for us today around noon. Uh, He is the starting quarterback moving forward until, knock on wood, he gets injured. You know, that's the only reason he's, that's the only way he's coming out of the game is if he gets hurt. That has been made very clear today by uh, Matt Nagy. So uh, we'll go ahead and kick it off with you, JB. Do you think this is the right move for Chicago? I mean, yeah, long term, definitely. Um, I mean, I get you guys beat the Lions last week, but I mean, how impressive was he really? I there's a lot of downplay actions, sure, um, but that's what a normal team does. Throws the ball downfield. So, did he really play like over what you expected to be like a no question type of starter from here on out? Or was it just like, eh, we beat the Lions. It looks pretty good. Let's just rock with it. 
I mean, if we have to dissect it, I mean, that was his first. I'm not counting that 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 Cleveland as his first game. <laughs> that was unfair, but I feel like that Detroit game that was his first real experience that he actually had a chance to win the game, and I feel like he played exactly he played exactly how I expected him to, like a rookie. You know what I'm saying? You get to the red zone, you have him run the ball with your thousand yard back. Uh, he didn't throw a touchdown. But and he also did throw an interception, but he also made some great plays. Cole Cole Komet dropped I, 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 what what I think was going to be the highlight of the game when he he, he he spent off dude and he threw an Aaron Rodgers like pass. I mean it was beautiful, but he just you know fell and uh, whatever whatever yeah yeah I mean he he also made a great throw to Mooney up the uh, sideline. So I mean you know I saw. Some small flashes, but he played like I thought he would play. So, I think my favorite throw of the game was probably the one where he hit Allen Robinson in double coverage on the sideline, where he put it right over the defender's head and there was a defender on his back. I mean, like JB said, it's Detroit. I just don't think we're – personally, I wasn't expecting major explosive plays like we saw. You know, I mean, five, whatever, it's not that much with a competent offense. But from what we've seen, I wasn't seeing that much, you know. Five passing? Was that what that was? Five passing or five explosive. just total, I'm, like including like I think four were run. passing. I think Monty had a twenty-two yard run, so I think four were passing. I wasn't expecting you know a Monty twenty-two yard run doesn't really throw me off that much. You know, I expect that from him, but you know, taking plenty of deep shots down the game. I mean, you look at the stat line. I read an article. Somebody obviously read the stat line. They're like, oh, we only won eleven for seventeen in a pick. They read the stat line. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You don't watch the game. You don't. You don't really get the truly dissect it right he but, only threw 17 passes i mean that's right. what you expect out of a rookie not throwing 35 right. times a game i mean yeah but why aren't you throwing it 35 times a game you guys were i mean you were up but i i just feel like it was just like you know kind of like the game defense play. played well turnovers couldn't capitalize off the turnovers 11 for 17 i mean everybody's shitting their pants at six for 20 take out four explosive plays so I'm at what, seven for a hundred yards? I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm cool with eleven <laughs> for seventeen. I mean, how sustainable is that really? With the, how tough your schedule is going to be? No, I'm not saying. I'm. I mean, I'm not expecting wins either. But I mean, I feel no, like that's not even. In, that's not even my point. I'm saying eleven for seventeen. No, I think well, especially yards. with David Montgomery going down now, we're going to see a hell of a lot more passing. Shit, I'd hope so. Like they're going to be passing the ball, but I feel like the game plan was perfect. I feel like they were running the ball down their throats, and then, bam, you think we're going to run the ball? Here's play action. We're going to hit you deep. Like, I feel like they controlled the clock well. I feel like they just kind of did everything pretty well. You know, I thought the game plan was pretty good. Just run the ball down their throats and then open up the passing game. You know, he was impressive. His pocket presence was a lot better than what it was, you know, against Cincinnati, I would say. Um, He was accurate. Probably his least accurate pass was probably, you know, that Mooney pass. Obviously, there's, you know, your incompletions and all that. But that Mooney pass where he had him wide open and Mooney had to lay out and make an amazing play, that was probably where I would have liked to see him hit him in stride. But I'd say, you know, I was impressed with the deep ball accuracy. I was. And I was, you know, happy with the game plan. But I agree that, you know, that's not sustainable against – you know, good football teams. But, you know, I thought they came out there and they did their job. 
and pretty much moral of the story, I'm I'm happy that Justin Fields is the starting moving forward. Hundred percent. Do you guys think that Nagy got sat down and was like, "Hey, play the kid"? Oh, definitely. I mean, like I said, for your future, I would hope they'd go Justin Fields moving forward. But at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, I can't predict nothing going on with Nagy. I, I think a lot of the statements, like even going back to the game plan from the week before, I don't know why he, I don't know why that was how that was. I don't understand why after that he felt the nerve to say. It's gonna be Fields or Foles or you know what I'm Andy. So I don't I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm just like you said, excited that we now know that Justin Fields is gonna be the starter. He deserves to be the starter. I think he gives us the best chance to win. And I mean, it's it's, it's common sense. Like you no know, play the kid. I think he's losing his control and um, losing the locker room at that. I feel like. Everybody's starting to feel the vibe where it's like, yeah, maybe uh, Nagy ain't, ain't the one. Um, he's kind of saying this outlandish shit <laughs> in press conferences. I mean, what was it, like two weeks ago he said Andy Dalton's time is now, and now this week he came out and said Justin Fields' time is now. Like, yeah, maybe that's something you got to do as a head coach just to, I don't know, feel confidence booster, but – I don't know. I feel like he's just losing control and trying to grasp at whatever he can to still hold what he has left of control. Yeah, I feel like you just see, like, players energized when Fields is on the field, and I feel like that's, like, a big thing. Like, the offense definitely looks, like, more energized. And when you, I feel like they just know what they're getting out of Dalton. Like, they know you know what you're getting with Dalton, like – you're getting a statue in the backfield. Yeah, he's actually been a little bit more mobile than I thought he was going to be this season. Like, his pocket presence is obviously – he's a vet, so he's been there. He's done that. You know, he's looked solid with his pocket presence. But, I mean, you look at that Cleveland game. We had nine sacks. He's probably getting killed ten times in that game. Like, it's just – you know what you're getting out of Andy Dalton. The players looked – re-energized finally and you know like JB said he's just been saying some stupid shit in press conferences he was losing the locker room and this team needs a spark and this team needs to keep the hot hand moving forward going into a very tough schedule so you might as well move with the hand that got you hot because Andy Dalton hasn't got us hot by any means uh let's go ahead and go ahead Let's go ahead and hop into uh, the Browns-Vikings recap. Kind of a weird game, exact opposite of kind of the game I was expecting. I'm sure it was exact opposite for you as well, JB. Um, I'll let you go ahead and start us off. Just, you know, defense, you know, holding Cleveland in check was kind of the thing that shocked me the most. And then your offense being held in check by Cleveland. Well, Cleveland's defense is – Maybe the best defense in the league, granted. But your offense has also been extremely hot this year. So that also kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from the game? Because we got a couple more games to dive into. But, I mean, the rest of the NFL Sunday wasn't too great. So that's why I want to dive into this one. Um, If you would have told me that Cleveland was going to score 14 points or one offensive touchdown and – the Vikings. Wait, so they went for two. Yeah, 
So really, the the series of events was insane. We stopped them on fourth and goal. Okay. Like that drive. Yeah. And the, the touchdown drive. It was right. And you stopped. Them. And then out of nowhere, play was completely over. Ref just dropped a flag. Said I think it was Eric Kendricks. Defensive hold. They replayed it. I swear to God, it, it was like this. Them back judges, dude. Them back judges are so like they literally see any jersey. Yeah, but it like it didn't even affect the motion. Like no, that's the what wide I'm saying. Didn't even though. move. It was just like that's where the NFL needs to be held in check. Like there a pinch. Because, it was like, like a pinch at the like his torso. No, I, I think I I think I did see the play. He like it was like he turned. Like the, yeah, he was, he was going inside and then, then turned back out. outside. Yeah, okay. And so then I did. Kendrick's see that had play. like a little pinch. That's what I'm saying. The back judges need to real like if it affects the play, call it. But they're at the point now. Well, they they all they do is see a hand on a jersey and it's pulled. Baker was rolling out the complete other way too. That receiver was going to the left. Baker rolled out to the right. That play. No, and and I feel like that that shouldn't have much of an effect because, you know, if it's a blatant hold or a blatant pass interference, like the flag should be called no matter what because, you know, who knows how the play could develop. Just the fact of refs need, if it affects the route, if it affects the playmaker, that's when you throw the flag. But little tiny pinches, that's all they're, that's all they're calling anymore. I've, yeah, seen, it, it I've was, seen it in multiple it games. Terrible, just, you know, any tiny pull of the jersey. So what, they scored? They then scored. The goal. And then... We, no, well they scored. Yeah, they scored on that next play. It was okay. like Chubbs, Chubb or Cream. I forget which one. One of the two fucks ran it in, and they scored the touchdown. I said, "Dude, of course, like, give him a free touchdown. Love mm-hmm. that. Stopped him on fourth and goal. It would have been our ball going the other way. So, of course, switch the momentum. Well, we had no timeouts at the time, and we had twelve men on our uh, like PAT defense. And this is what in the first quarter. Uh, I believe it was the second quarter. Second quarter. Yeah. Um, Sheldon Richardson calling for a timeout. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, here comes the flag. Uh, It was half the distance, so they put it at the one instead of 15. And they just went with the faith in the two-headed monster. Yep, and they um, got the two-point conversion. I said, dude, of course. Now now we're talking a game of one point. Mm -hmm. I said, some shit's going to happen. Like, how many games have been decided for us by a point? <laughs> like, that's insane. I was like, dude, here we go. And then, I mean, again, from that point on, defense held them in check. Two field goals. Um, Baker missed a lot of throws. Baker looked like shit, dude. It was bad. Like, bad. He looked off. I don't think he did not look impressive against us, dude. Like, I knew that Cleveland was going to come in and I wouldn't say have their day running, but. Those guys are gonna get their yards. Like, no, yeah. I don't care what defense you put up there; they're gonna give them the ball between the two of them thirty times a game. They're gonna get their yards. Your defense is gonna get tired. They're gonna slow down. Maybe a quick little break here and there. But on our offensive side of the ball, our first drive was immaculate. Yeah, you scored on your very first drive, right? Yeah, and you took like eight minutes off the clock. Yeah, immaculate. And um, yeah, insane. And then. Offensive line, I mean, I'll blame him a little, a little bit on that. Started giving pressures up. Again, that's expected to happen. You got Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney. Um, but I feel like we started losing our tempo almost. Like, we're making the right calls, but at the wrong times. 
Like, okay. yeah, we're trying to do a little play action, shove the ball downfield to JJ or Thielen or whoever it may be, mm-hmm. but we weren't doing it until third down. Or we were doing it first down, and then it puts us second and ten, and then we run the ball. And then we only get two yards, now it's third and eight. So the game plan was kind of shitty is what you're thinking. I think besides that first scripted play, it was – it was, yeah, I guess a, a bad game plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like I said, they were making the right calls just at the wrong times. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to see a little better from that. I've loved Clint until this point. Um, everything that he's done over the last three games, I f- feel like has been amazing. And everything seemed to be clicking, and I felt like we were going to pick up right where we left off after that first drive, and the rest of the game just held us in check. I mean, we had a chance at the end. I mean that. If anything, that was a pass interference. That should have put us at the one. I didn't one. get to watch the end of it. I didn't oh, get to. Man. I watched the last play, but I just as soon as it was over, I just switched the channel. I think. Yeah, the defender was like draped, bodying Adam Thielen, and the ball was thrown like behind the defender. Thielen couldn't come get the ball, and Thielen was trying to get it, but I don't know. It gave me weird vibes where I was like, "Damn, we just hang with." The Browns and defense looked well, but then it was like, mm-hmm. but damn, we should have won that game. Yeah. <laughs> another well, game, another say, game we should have won. I will say that it does make me feel better to see, you know, your guys' high-powered offense be, you know, kind of somewhat held in check a little bit because I was after the Cleveland game, I was like, fuck, like our offense is really bad, but I'm, I mean, our offense is still really bad. Like there's no changing that, but it just makes me feel like, damn, Cleveland's defense is maybe just like really fucking good. I feel like I watched a minute and a half compilation of our offensive line getting knocked on their ass all day. Oh yeah, I watched like a three minute compilation last week, so I kind of, I, I definitely am feeling what you're feeling. I mean, their pass rush is insane. We got to Detroit this week. There's no reason Dareshaw can't make his first NFL start at left tackle. He didn't last. Oh, did he? Did he play last week? No. no. They haven't put him on IR. And so far, he's been a healthy participant. So, give him his first start. Let him see what he can do. Might as well. And they just lost Romeo Okwara, so might have their might be the time to to pull the trigger on Mason Cole instead of Garrett Bradbury too. Do something. Yeah, and get Delvin Cook healthy. Let's hop into the West. Wild weekend in the West, in the wild, wild West. The NFC. I'm talking about the AFC's wild as well. Uh, Cardinals go into they went into LA right they were in LA and just completely shit stomped them uh, can they actually win the West Justin I'll go ahead and start with you the Cardinals they absolutely can win the West at this point I know it's early I'm expecting them to win the West uh, Kyle Murray is just insane completing I think 75 76% of his passes um over 300 yards passing a game. Uh, I think this game he ran for about 30-ish, 39. But um, I just – the way he's playing right now, I don't know if he can sustain playing like this the whole season. But if he does, they for sure are winning that division in convincing fashion. And if you go into the playoffs playing like he's playing now, they are definitely contenders. Definitely. The defense is all right. I mean, they got the pieces, so, I mean, Kyler just got to keep doing what he's doing. JB, what you feel? 
I feel like this is another one of those games where it sort of gives me hope because we hung with the Cardinals, should have beat the Cardinals had mm-hmm. it been last-minute field goal. And then they go out there and beat what's considered one of the top-tier teams in the NFC, which, again, makes me think that we can compete with anybody, which I still wholeheartedly believe we can. Um, it's just a matter of if we win the game or not. I think the Cardinals as a whole, um, their secondary has looked great. They need more from Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. Yeah, Chandler Jones hasn't gotten a sack since he put up five week one. I mean, dude, I I saw it again firsthand in our game. They really didn't have an impact on the game, like at all. Mm-hmm. And if the Cardinals want to succeed, I didn't get to watch much of the the Cardinals Rams. I don't think, I don't think I got to see all but like the red zone highlights. I yeah, I didn't. But. Because the it, fucking we had to watch Packers Steelers, which pissed me off. Right, but go on. I think I haven't even looked at the stat line for them as far as Chandler Jones, JJ Watt. Have they gotten Chandler any pressures? Still got five. I don't know if he's getting pressures. Or but not, any but pressures on five. Matt Stafford? Any anything crazy noticeable? I, I mean, don't know. They got to do something. I don't know. I, the fact that I didn't. First of all, I just didn't think there was going to be a defense. I was keeping the Rams in check all year long. I mean, they were fucking clicking. I mean, they made the Bucks defense look silly out there. Yeah, granted, Bucks defense is you know a little banged up in the secondary for sure. Yeah. I mean, their secondary is just losing pieces left and right. But at the same time, I mean, I really didn't think that there was going to be a defense that kept them in check. For me, I feel like this is just L.A. This is just more fuel of the fire to L.A. I think a kick in the mouth is. You know, maybe what they needed. Everyone was riding high on their first three weeks, you know, stomping asses. I just feel like, you know, maybe they needed, you know, kick in the mouth. Sean McVay needed kick in the face. Stafford needed kick in the face. And that's what they got. I still like L.A. out of the West. I think four weeks in, it's safe to say, for me anyway, that it's between the Cardinals and the Rams. Oh, 100%. I the think 49ers. the 49ers and the Seahawks are going to start distancing themselves. And it's just going to be to the point of no return. The best thing about it is that we, the thing about the West is that we get another. Last week we had Seahawks 49ers and we had uh, Rams Cardinals. This week we get Rams Seahawks and Cardinals and 49ers. And I think it's going to be an ass stomping from the Rams and the Cardinals on both When do they play again? Do you know? Oh, I hope it's week 17. Let me check for you real quick. Oh, the Rams and Seahawks, you know, this week. I see week 14. Monday Night Football. They need to flex that shit. I love it. Yeah. Oh, they can't flex out of ESPN. They're they're circling that one. They're circling that one for sure. Oh. That that can mean the division. Oh, 100%. Because after, I mean, they got Seahawks. They got a t- last, tough last four games, too. They go Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens, Rams, you know. Across the board, the 40, I mean, the Rams don't have, like, the easiest schedule other than the fact that they get lucky and they get to play the South this year. Because they have the Jaguars, they have the Titans, they have the Texans. And did they already play one of the other South teams? Yeah, they already played the Colts. So that's the only positive out of the Rams schedule. Because other than that, it gets pretty tough. Uh, top into Tom's return. JB's got his barf bag with them. Uh, what a game. Honestly, I, I loved it. It was an enjoyable game. Personally, I thought, you know, I kind of 
got what I was hoping for, Bill Belichick to come out with a great game plan against his old uh, QB, and then uh, Tom to have some, of course, you know, late fourth quarter magic, getting him into field goal range, and then just an awful bing, you know, a doink. Just the loud-ass dong that I've heard so many times as a Bear fan. Uh, I thought it was awesome. You know, the Mac Jones looked solid, even though he completed like 31 of his passes within like 10 yards, which is okay. He's a rookie, you know, got a kind of game plan for that. Wasn't really taking many deep shots down the field. Don't know how long they can also sustain that for in New England, but I was impressed with the game. JB obviously is going to get his thoughts in, so let's let him do that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to let Justin go first, you can I mean, yeah, barf bag is all I really got to say. Um, that game was overhyped from the second that week three was over. Like, insanely overhyped. <laughs> like, I get it. And the Bucks should have went in there and just tore them up, but they didn't. And, again, that just gives me more sense of hope because I don't think the Patriots are really that good. And if the Patriots are able to, to hang with Tom Brady and the Bucks, and Mac Jones outplays Tom Brady, and they lose by two points. Like, dude, it was a shit game. It reminded me of like the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Oh no! Oh yeah, it wasn't that bad, but it was. It wasn't that bad, but it had the same mean. sort of tendencies where it was just not sloppy football. <laughs> like, yeah, it was raining, but. How many times can you make an excuse that it's raining? Tom just didn't look like Tom in the first half, which yeah, the could be different, whatever, but I don't know, dude. It was just way too overhyped of a game to end 19-17. Yeah, it was very, very overhyped. I feel the same way. Like, it was it was still interesting, though. It just wasn't interesting in the way that I was expecting it to be. I didn't expect Brady to look like that. It was interesting to see him look like that. I mean, because we don't get to see it too often. The storyline was more interesting yeah, than the game. So I mean, oh, yeah. and <laughs> I'm sure that's that, awful. Yeah, I'm sure that that had a lot to do with how Brady looked. Yeah. But the rain, don't underestimate the rain. Oh, oh, oh he's played in rain before. It's, it's still like you said. It was still sloppy football. Antonio Brown dropped a pass. I know he would have caught. He dropped a couple of them. I know he would have caught, and it was because of the rain. I know it was because of the rain. AB not dropping that. He dropped the one in the end zone. I mean, so, you know, it was a few drops. And like JV said, it was just a good storyline. It was nice to see Mac Jones. He played very well for a rookie. And that made me feel good for our dynasty. Yeah, so. Yeah. Having Mac Jones, I mean. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah it, it was weird to see Tom Brady kind of nervous out there. You could see, you know, just, you know, a little. And it's crazy because that's the man who's literally played in the highest of the highs. And uh, it was just weird to see him nervous. First of all, what the, the Patriots only gave him like a minute long tribute video, which I was like, what? Like, we're probably going to give Lori Markinen a longer <laughs> tribute video at the United Center than the fucking Patriots gave Tom Brady. He won you six Super Bowls yeah, and it was dude, a minute long. I feel like it's just about how they ended. I feel like they might have ended in some bad blood. 
And I, dude, he was with Robert Kraft. He was with Bill Belichick. Yeah, him and Robert Kraft were like they were. But it was a quick little hug. But they went on to talk for twenty to thirty minutes in the locker room after. Bill Bel. I don't know what everyone was thinking. You thought Bill Belichick was going no. out there and make out with him? No, it's no, Bill Belichick. No, no, yeah, right. It's Bill Belichick. He's gonna tell you good game, and then if he wants to talk to you, he's gonna do it in the locker room like they did. That's how Bill B rolls. And the funny thing about it was too, I saw like. Last week's press conferences, like, oh, them talking, like, him, them trying to get, like, to say, like, we could have won those Super Bowls without Tom Brady. Like, you're not going to get Bill Belichick to say some stupid shit. This man's dealt with the media for 40-plus years now. Yeah. Like, no. Uh, I'm a defensive guy. I like defensive games. It was sloppy football. I thought Bill Belichick wrote up a, ga- a great game plan. You know, it was one of those classic Bill Belichick um, where he just digs into his bags, and then Josh McDaniels pulling out the trick plays. That was fun as well. Uh, you could tell that the Patriots were doing everything in their absolute power to beat the Bucks, and they still came short. And, uh, you know, Shout I feel like if it's played on a neutral field, you know, I'd, pr- I'd probably rock with the Bucks. you know, once again. And I'd probably say it's a much higher score. You take away the story for line from it, you take away the nerves from it, everything with it. You know, I think the Bucks probably, you know, Give him an ass stomping. But, you know, I, like I said, I'm a defensive guy. Um, so I just thought that Bill Belichick had a great game plan. And I feel like their offensive game plan was good. Like I said, I feel like they did everything in their power to, you know, beat Tom Brady. I'm just, just gonna, short. I'm just going to put out there that Vegas needed the, the Patriots to cover the spread in order to recoup for the weekend, and it happened. I mean, they had to have won their. They had Vegas had to have done their fair share on Titans Jets. I'm sure they. Well, were yeah, all that's right. I know, but I'm just over the weekend in general. They they were, they needed it, and I was like, damn, like six and a half. Like I, I was thinking about hammering Bucks minus six and a half before the game, and I'm so glad I didn't because. I would have lost probably at least a hundred bucks, if not hundred fifty, just on the bucks. Because I was mm. trying to recoup for my losses. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I just I can't. Nah, yeah. And they came out there and they covered, and Vegas made so much money because everybody was all on the bucks. Again, the storyline, everything behind it. Oh, Tom Brady's gonna come out there and shit on his old team, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, no. <laughs> He couldn't do it. He just didn't want to bet on Tom Brady to do anything good. So that's why he just couldn't. And I didn't. I saved yeah. my money because fuck money. Tom Brady. Uh, all right. There's your uh, week four recap. After a quarter of the season now, or technically a quarter of the season through, you know, with the 17 games, you know, we're a little less than a quarter way through. Yeah. But uh, who do you guys believe is winning the big wards? We'll go ahead and I just kind of want to run through this real quick. You get four games under your belt. Yeah, it's still too early. Yeah, Fuck tough. off. Whatever. It is. It's it tough. is tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got to do it for the views, baby. We got to do it for the hype. Because we got to we gotta look back on this like week 15 when we're in here for right. like episode number 30. You got to bet on it then. You got to do the futures. Oh, you're nuts. Yeah. We're not betting on this. We'll get into the live bets. I'm going to let you go ahead and try and win that five bucks back from last week. Yeah. I already gave it to you. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't give me the... Yeah, I did. No. Check it. Trust me. All right. Uh, MVP. Justin, I'll let you rock with who you think's winning MVP this year. Let's run through this quick. Say the obvious one, Kyler Murray. But since I'm pretty sure that's what we all thinking, if I had to choose somebody else, I would say Lamar Jackson. I feel like his defense took a big hit. Um, They missing a few pieces. And he's playing nice. Um... 
It's somebody else I'm thinking of, but I'm going to say them because I know we're going to go through all of them. So, yeah. Don't send it. I'm going to let you get your money. I'm going to let you get shot at getting your money back. Uh, yeah, I'm going to rock with uh, Matt Stafford on this mm. one. I'm rocking with Matt. I'm going with the other guy in the West. I think that the Rams are going to turn it around. Uh, like I said, I feel like they just needed that little kick in the mouth. Uh, and I think Stafford's walking away with MVP this year. I think that uh, they're going to get back to their old ways of stomping new asses. And I think he's going to have a great week against Seattle this week. If the Raiders were to beat the Chargers, I would say Derek Carr right now. But without that, I'll say Kyler. And I think Kyler just has a slight edge on Matt Stafford because of this week as well. Okay. Okay. But, All yeah, right. those would definitely be my two. Defensive player of the year. Uh, I'll go ahead and start first. I'm rocking with Miles Garrett this year. I really? Think, I think Miles Garrett's going to walk away with it this year. He had uh, Stellar, obviously. We watched him have four and a half. But, yeah, what what's going on over here? You, he, he was saying he doesn't, he, like, you're saying stellar year. He's saying, like, oh, where'd it come from? No, no, I'm saying I don't know. This one is kind of up in the air. If I had, that's perfect. Like, I actually really agree with that. I don't, nobody, like, like you say, it's so it's so early. I got one. It is early, you know but I, I got mean? one. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Joey Bosa, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. Miles Garrett, I like the Miles Garrett. I'm stealing yours. I agree. I like that one. I'm gonna go off the map and I'm gonna say Trevon Diggs. Mm, okay. If he okay. keeps up the pace, <sighs> shit. I mean, five through four. But he—that's insane. He looked ugly last year. So he's obviously yeah. taking a whole bunch of leaps and bounds and is finally developing or settling down. Mm-hmm. Maybe even into his cornerback role, and he's just reading the ball so good. And uh, I think he's one of their only scary parts of the defense, but he's definitely keeping that defense together right now. Oh, 100%. I mean, they're creating turnovers in Dallas, and if you create turnovers, you win ball games, and that's why they're Especially winning ball games. Especially with the offense that you have on the other mm-hmm. side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, Give credit where it's due. Yeah, defensive player of the year. I mean, Miles Garrett's got six and a half through four. I think he's going to continue to, you know, get them sacks like he's going to. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb, though. I think Cleo Mack's going to be in the race, though. I do. He's got four through four. Um, the one thing I think is, you know, each year he's been, you know, highest. Every year in Chicago, he's always been highest graded edge defender through PFF. But, like, the sack numbers haven't been there. So, like, we, as Bear fans, we haven't really cared, like, about, you know, his PFF grade, even though he's always been, like, the number one graded edge rusher. Neil Hunter's got five through four. No, I, I, I'm not writing him out either, but I'm just saying I think I think my boy Cleo Max going to be in the close. race. I think my boy is going to – I think Max going to be in the race. I think Quinn will slow down a little bit. I think Mac will pick back up. The thing is, Mac's not even in top ten in highest graded edge defenders right now. So maybe what the thing I'm thinking is maybe he's not playing it by the book of – you know, what PFF thinks of, you know, a high, highly graded pass rush. Some maybe. of those are kind of skewed, though. No, I mean, ag- agreed, agreed. So I'm thinking maybe he's just going off script and, you know, finding different ways to get to the quarterback, yeah. which I think he is. And Robert Quinn's play is helping him a lot as well. Robert Quinn's playing lights out football this year. So that's why I think that, you know, well, at the end of the year, will, go on. I think teams will maybe, you know, have to, like, you know, because they've been focused so much on Khalil Mack, you know, maybe they'll have to, you know, Actually, put some focus into Robert Quinn 
on like they were last year. And, you know, I think I think Khalil Mack can be in the race, but I do think it's going to be Garrett. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I, I was just going to say that at the end of the year, they don't give you defensive player of the year based off your PFF grade. So who who gives a shit? No, honestly. I agree with you. I could care less if Khalil Mack has if you're, If you're getting your production and grade. if you're getting the production and your ball team's winning games, who cares? Speaking of PFF grades, Travis Gibson is number two, which is crazy to me. <laughs> but <laughs> we're just talking about fuck PFF grades. You're going to toss that in there. He's got some sacks with it, though. He's got some numbers to back it up, and he's not even playing every snap. All right. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. Michael Parsons. Like, I've, I, I, I loved him before he even got drafted. Like, I love that man. No homo. I love that man. Michael Parsons. What do you got? Like three, is it three and O's, I think? Or sex? <laughs> three and O's or three sacks. Something. He said, uh I think recently, like, don't 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 ask me what position I play. I'm a football player. I love that. Like that man, Michael Parsons. No, that's <laughs> Michael Parsons. It's a it's a corny quote, but it's cool at the same time. Yeah, I feel like it's gotta be Michael Parsons. I mean middle linebacker playing edge rusher now. Uh just with how fast he is. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's got to be Michael Parsons. Yeah, I respect it. I mean, there's a few honorable mentions you could probably put in there, but mm-hmm. I think, yeah, if it was awarded right now, it'd definitely have to be Parsons. All right, let's go offensive player of the year. JB, why don't you kick us off? Dude, that's tough. I mean, again, it's a quarterback award, so really who's been playing? Offensive player of the year has been, you know, very versatile, you know. I think we had Alvin Kamara one year, Christian McCaffrey one year. I think la- didn't Derrick Henry win it last year? Uh, I'm pretty sure Derrick I mean, Henry maybe. won it last year. Because they the MVP is the quarterback award, offensive player of the year, not offensive rookie, offensive player of the year. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say my bet. I think it's going to be Derrick Henry again. I think he's going to probably get damn near to two, damn near to fucking probably like eighteen hundred to two thousand yards this season again. And uh, probably rack up some touchdowns, and I think it's just going to go Derrick Henry once again. Yeah, for this one, I don't know, but I'm gonna go with maybe Tyreek Hill. Maybe it's because he's he coming off a pretty nice week. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, I'm not super confident in none of these guys. Devonta Adams. You know, it's just it's it's you know we'll see. Still real early. Cooper Cobb. Yeah, Cooper oh. Cup, like on a sleeper. This this is a tough one to pick. You know, obviously these are all kind of tough only through four weeks. Um, I'm still a lot thinking can change, but offensive player of the year is definitely a tough one. Um, let's go ahead and just slip Maybe into Stafford. offensive rookie of the year now. Uh, I'll go first. I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. That's I think they're finally. Cord. I think they're they're not giving it to a quarterback this year. Trust me on that. It's not going to a quarterback. If they this give year. it to Jamar this year, and they don't give it to JJ last year. I'm swinging. Dude. It's going to be totally different though, because there's not going to be a single soul that will touch Justin Herbert's numbers from last year. That's a rookie quarterback. Trust me on that. It's going to be much. We'll, re- we'll revisit that. Bro. We will revisit it, but I do think it's going to be Jamar Chase. With unless, seventeen games, he's not even going to reach. With unless. JJ, some one of these quarterbacks just completely just turns it around throughout the rest of the year. I'm sorry. Question. Um, JB, are you are you saying that award last year should have went to 
No, we are not getting yeah. into this. No, we are not getting 100%. into this. We are not getting into this. We are doing it. We're not doing it right here. We are. We I, need. We, I, I want absolutely to not. Quick. But okay, okay. We are a hundred percent. We are. We are not getting. Damn it! Fuck! I did. <laughs> fucking a, Justin. Shut up. Hundred percent. Shut up. Not shut even up. Close. We're not getting into this. Not even close. We're not getting into this. Herbert We're, broke Baker's two-year records. We're not getting into this. And JJ was doing an NFL history record. That's insane. We're not doing this. Catch percentage, yards. We're not doing what? this. He had seven touchdowns. He didn't even play the first two weeks. He played, but he didn't play. He didn't play. He didn't play. We're not getting into this. Yeah, Come wait, back player of the year. What what JJ did in 14 games? It. That's insane. Damn it. Comeback player of the year, JB, you go. Oh, dude. Right now I'll say Dak, but if Joe Burrow and the Bengals keep rolling, maybe Joe Burrow. That's a good one. I didn't I didn't I completely put Burrow out of my head. That's a good one. Yeah, Dak. I mean, obviously now, especially how he's playing, so yeah, Dak. Cowboys are gonna keep rolling. Uh offense is gonna keep looking good. It's going to Dak Prescott for sure. Um Let's hop into Urban Meyer before we get into our Week 5 preview. How do you think that the Jags should have handled this situation? As of right now, they've came out and they've said, uh, you know, we're disappointed. He's going to have to regain our trust, yada, 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 yada. Um, how do you think they should have handled this situation, JB? Repeat. Sorry. I'm pretty sure. How do you think that the Pack- damn Packers just got Jalen Smith? Yeah, that's what I was just reading. That's fucking annoying. Damn. Uh, but how do you think that the Jaguars should have handled the Urban Meyer situation instead of just maybe coming out and saying, you know, he's got to regain our trust? I mean, I feel like there's no, again, right way to go about it. Like, yeah, it's a little fucked up kind of situation. I, I even read something that there's a he was in a bar in Ohio and yeah. a picture of him and his wife were on the wall are on that wall. Yeah. Like, plastered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I just think that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, again, there's no right way to go about it. Um, what they do in their free time, I guess, really shouldn't be much of a concern unless it's directly affecting your football team, which it kind of now, now with media coverage, yeah, it is. But, I mean, take the media aspect out of it. Nobody even knows what the fuck he was doing this weekend. So, yes, it's your first-year head coach. Yes, you're 0-4. Yes, now he's doing a whole bunch of outlandish shit, bringing bad media to your organization. But what are you really going to do? Fire him after four games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone in the media is just like, fire him, fire him, fire him. It's like, what's the better option? You know, he brought in his staff. Like, there can't be really a much better option sitting on the bench. Let me go through you uh, right now a list of what's happened in the Urban Meyer era. The very few months that it has been. I read on that, too. First thing, hired Chris Doyle as team's director of sports performance. Doyle was accused of making racist comments to belittling and belittling players during his time at Iowa. After heavy backlash, Doyle resigned from the Jaguars. Signed Tim Tebow as a tight end. We all know how that worked out. Drafted a running back in the first round despite already having James Robinson on the roster. Openly admitted that he was hoping to draft Kadarius Toney over Travis Etienne. Told reporters that they cut players due to vaccine status. NFLPA has opened investigations on those comments. 
had open competition for starting quarterback between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Minshew was traded, and after splitting valuable first-team reps with T-Law, traded away the last year's number nine overall pick. Team starts 4-0, did not travel with the team after week and four loss to Cincinnati. Viral videos of photos of him emerge with another woman other than his wife. That's a lot in very few time. They're, like I said, I think they're becoming the new Texans. Right now, they're taking over the spot of the Texans. And it's not looking good. Because, I mean, the Texans have been laying low out of the media other than Deshaun Watson, and they've been competing. And they stomped the Jaguars week one. Jaguars might be coming the new Texans right now as the worst absolute shit show. At least they have some sort of hope. Yeah, it is a shit show. I mean, I'd agree there. I didn't know about the Kadarius Tooney thing. Yeah, he admitted he said, I wanted to take Tony, but we ended up with ETN. Which, like, I feel like, how can you openly admit that to after you just drafted a player? And you, and maybe okay, and then you have him playing complete wide ahead. You have him playing complete wide receiver out of the slot, right? Not even giving him any running back snaps in training camp. Like, I that is that like that. That's weird to me. That's weird to me. Like playing complete wide receiver. Like he wasn't even taking snaps at RB. Like that's weird to me. I mean, I get it. Like you know, maybe you want to use him as that kind of weapon. But he's a running back at the same time. Like, that shit's weird to me. Like, this Urban Meyer experiment, like, I've never been a big fan of college coaches coming into the NFL to begin with. Didn't work out well for Nick Saban. And he left after two years. And Nick Saban still went, like, seven and nine both years coming into the NFL. That shows you how good of a coach he is. I'm not a fan of the college going into the NFL experience. And you got to start somewhere. You do have time. to start somewhere, but I feel like coming in as a coordinator is definitely the much better move. All right, yeah. I feel like just throwing in the fire as a head coach, especially one with Urban Meyer who had to leave, pretty much was forced to resign at Ohio State, took two years off of coaching. Like, I just feel like this has just been a sad decision for the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, you nailed pretty much everything. Yeah, but, like, I, I, I kind of agree with you. It's like, what, are you going to fire, fire him now? Like, what, I mean, I, there does need to be change. What was there this does. contract that he signed? Do you know? I think three years. Uh, yes, yeah, sad I even, shit. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> Let's hop into our week five preview. But um, that makes me think, like, damn, dude, maybe I could be an NFL head coach if they're doing that shit. Like, I can. Real, real quick about that. Yeah, like, <laughs> last weekend, right, we watched – did, uh, did y'all watch the game? The Jacksonville game? A little Jacksonville, bit. Jacksonville, Cincinnati? Yeah, a little they bit. Went up f- we, a game it, yeah. we caught the end of it. They yeah. went up 14-0. to zero. Yeah. And they tried. Instead of kicking the field goal, I, I, was, I was watching it with my stepdad. I told him, man, they need to take the points while they can. They Long story short, they end up losing by a field goal. That, that one field goal could have changed their whole game. If I'm sitting at home and I could see that you just need to take the field goal and you should just do that to, you know what I'm saying? Take the points while you can. Why Why can him as the head coach not see that? And this whole long rap sheet that he got, we could overlook it if he if they was winning. They ain't even winning. So you're going to get all the way to the end of the season. It's not looking good. You're going to get fired by the end of the season, for sure. So void. Yeah, this might be a one-year experiment. Oh, it is. There's no reason. they could, that it, Because the Jaguars aren't going to win any games. Things aren't going to get turned around for Urban Meyer. I, I can't see how in their right minds they keep him. Like, I can't. And I think Saad Khan, their owner, is a smart man. I do. Uh, yeah, I feel like there will be an uproar if 
especially with them having Trevor Lawrence, like the backlash that they will get if they keep him around for another year, if there is absolutely no major turnaround, which I don't think there will be. I mean, there's going to be fucking pitchforks up in Jacksonville. Let's go ahead and hop into the Week 5 preview. There's just a couple games I want to talk about. Honestly, kind of a shitty weekend. Uh, NFC West, Rams, Seahawks. How are you guys feeling about that game? The Seahawks are actually favored going into that game. You're fucking kidding. I swear. It's a, uh, yeah. And right now. It's like it's, a pick em? It's, it's it Yeah, it's it's a one-point spread, I think. Yeah, it's. And I believe right now, um, you know how, like, they do, like, the general win percentage? What is it, like, FCI or some shit like that? You see it on the bottom of ESPN all the time, whatever win percentage. Right now the Seahawks are at, like, 52%. Right. So everybody so seems to be on the Seahawks for whatever reason. I mean, granted, it's in Seattle, but I don't see a reason I shouldn't be hammering the Rams. Um, I say the Rams, 100%. Yeah, I, I'd put the fucking tuition on them. <laughs> That's a lot, honestly. Maybe Shit, call them discover. <laughs> maybe if I catch up a tease, maybe if I catch a teaser like Rams plus three, but I'd put the fucking tuition on them. I mean, come on. I don't think Seattle's defense can hang at all. They cannot hang. I mean, if we're talking offenses that they've played, Tennessee put up 30 on them. Minnesota put up 30 on them. And I think the Rams maybe have arguably the best offense in the league outside of Kansas City. I think that the Rams are going to hang 30-piece on their heads. I do. Uh, and I think that the Rams' defense, you, you've seen it happen last year. Yeah, Seattle walked away with the division. But the Rams' defense came out, made plays, and they beat them in that wild-card game. And I, I thought they were going to, uh, even, if, even though Seattle was favored. And I think that's how it's going to go this weekend. I got... I got the Rams. Uh, Browns, Chargers. Chargers have been, you know, heating up. Back-to-back weeks, knocking off Chiefs, going and beating the Raiders, who were undefeated last night. That's another insane spread. Uh, I feel like this is kind of – it has to be like a pick here. It's not. Go on. I'm going Browns, and I don't feel good about it because I lost. I had the, uh, I had the Raiders. They lost. To the to the to the Chargers. I had Washington week one against JB. They lost to the Chargers. The Chargers shocked everybody, or I think most people, when they beat the Chiefs. I'm going against the Chargers again, but I don't feel good about it. The Chargers opened up as a five and a half point favorite. What? What's it at now? Three and a half. Chargers. Anyone who got that shit at five and a half is walking away with money in their pockets this weekend. I'm rocking with the Browns, dude. They have the best defense in the league, and we've seen what Washington's defense That's what did I said. Some Chargers. of these, ins- they're just insane spreads. We've seen what Washington did to the Chargers defense. What does Vegas know that we don't? They've got to have some inside shit. I don't know. I'm going to be there this weekend. I'll find out for you. I did. I'll get, I'll like, get let me know because I'm hammering something this weekend. I just got to. F- Hell yeah, I'm going to the Bears game. In Vegas. Vegas lit as fuck right now. It's the, it's the uh, fight, too. The Fury, Fury. Man. When we went, when we went in July, uh, it was McGregor Proyer. We went for my 21st, yeah. It was wow. nuts. Yeah. That's dope, man. It was nuts. Yeah. That's going to be, man. Oh, you don't even want to know where you I'm going sitting. going to the actual game? Oh, yeah. How much you pay? Free. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. We know a guy, but fuck the Bears. <laughs> you don't want to know where I'm sitting either. Where you sit? 50-yard line, 18 rows behind the Bears, sideline, club seats. Who? 
was this guy? <laughs> oh, baby, hell yeah! I'm oh. not even joking. Damn. I can't wait. I'll show. I'll stop. Oh, it's gonna be all over the story. You'll see it. Damn. Yeah, I'm very. I'm just. I'm excited. New stadium. It's gonna be badass. We we were gonna tour it when we were down there in July, but with COVID and everything, they were only allowing four at a time. We had a group of like 25 guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that week. This weekend, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm gonna do some cool things for the network. Get some content. Make a stupid ass bet on the Bears, but I'm doing it for the content. 150. Slam it down on the counter. On the Bears money line. <laughs> you might as well take the point spread. Give yourself Hello, a little leeway, baby. bro. We're going, oh, ML. We're going ML for the content. For the content. Forget the content. You got to make it a smart no, type of content. No, it's for the content. Fuck. It's for the content. You could just give me the 150 and I'll place it for you or something. No, man. It's for the content. Then when you lose, bet, I'll I just... want that bet slip in Vegas with Caesars across the top of it. I want that bet slip in Vegas. I want it all. Uh, for the content though, um, uh, yeah, but Browns Chargers, I'm rocking with the Browns. Yeah, Browns. Browns. Uh, last one, Bills Chiefs Sunday night. I'm very excited about this game. Uh, you guys know that my uh, AFC title predict or my AFC champions are going have been the Browns, uh, and I think it still can be. I agree. Uh, but this weekend they're playing in Kansas City. It's tough to play. Matt Bills. Bills are my. Oh, you think the Browns are going to the Super Bowl? Oh, you, oh I'm oh, rocking with the Bills. Not, not, not the Super Bowl. I think going going to the AFC Championship, though. They losing to the Bills. Uh, I've had the Bills coming out of the AFC this year. Uh, I think this is how it's going to go. I think I got the Chiefs this weekend, and then we're going to get to see that AFC title rematch. Bills all pissed off. Yeah, baby. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Give me the Chiefs this weekend, though. But Bills going to the Super Bowl, knocking off the Chiefs in the AFC title game. JB, get your two cents. On. I can't wait to bet on that with you. Um, yeah, I'll take the Chiefs. Um, right now, everybody's all oh, the team to beat in the in the AFCs. The Bills, the team to beat. Well, I think Chiefs are going to come in a little pissed off themselves right now. I mean, being the bottom of their division, and then they're just going to hang some crazy numbers on the Bills. And then everybody's going to take a step back and be like, well, maybe we were a little outlandish, a little wrong. Chiefs are the Chiefs. You know. Chiefs are the Chiefs. I got the Bills. I'm going with the upset. Um, I'll take I, the Chiefs. You know, I like, I, like I'm, I, I, I wouldn't bet on it. But oh, yeah. I like, uh, you know, I like I like the controversy. You know, I, a lot of my bets, I, I like taking the upsets and I like rooting for the underdog. So I'm going to go with the Bills. High-powered offense. Hopefully Josh Allen can get it done, and uh, yeah, I mean Pat. If 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 any time, it'll be now. I mean the Chiefs are getting bested slightly by you know Lamar and the Ravens, and Justin Herbert got him one, and you know so we'll see. I got Bills though. All right, let's go ahead and get into our Week Five pickums. I feel like we all chose the Rams. Yeah. That's the Thursday night game. Should be a good one. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, Jets Falcons. I'm rocking with Atlanta this weekend. ATL. That's another one I'm hammering. Even though it's in London, I don't care. Falcons minus oh, three. Oh shit! That's eight thirty in the morning. I knew I was, I was like, what the eight thirty? I thought it was yeah. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. I'm I mean, I won't I, be I'll up be for a, the game. I will right. be. I'll be up for the game because I got to do all my network stuff on Sunday mornings. But 
All right, you have fun with that. Yeah, I, make sure, I wish it was a better game that I make could sure say. my Atlanta minus three hits. That's all. I, I wish uh, I wish it was a better game that I could be up watching. Uh, Patriots Texans. I'm rocking with the Pats. Patriots. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a closer game, but I'm, I'm gonna go with Pats. Uh, Lions Vikings. I'm rocking with the Vikings. Vikes. Yeah. Eagles Panthers. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the Panthers, not out on a limb. Yeah, Panthers. Panthers who? Eagles. Oh, yeah, Panthers. Ooh. Oh, someone's feeling frisky. Ah, dude. Ah, oh, fuck. No, they just got uh, Stephon Gilmore. You know he ain't going to play. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I feel like that might be on my yeah, upset watch. Back till week seven. I'll, I'll say Panthers. That's my upset watch of the week, uh, though. Saints-Washington. I think this is a good game. Oh, yeah, that's a... Saints don't feel confident, but Saints. I'm rocking with the Saints, and I don't feel confident. I'm going to say Washington. Oh, that'll be the game when you're five bucks back. Yeah? I don't know. I did better <laughs> against the Saints the last time. I didn't like that. So you don't want to do it? I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see if there's a different one. Titans, not, Jags. Yeah. I'm rocking with the Titans. Yeah. Titans. Dolphins, Bucks. I'm rocking with the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. 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 Go ahead and speak up over there, please. Who gives a fuck about Tom Brady? Was that loud enough for you? Packers, Bengals, I'm rocking with the Packers. Yeah, Packers. Yeah. That's another insane line. Minus Broncos, minus Steelers, I'm rocking with the Steelers. I agree. Um, I think it's going to be close. I don't feel good about it, but just knowing how the Steelers have been. No, I'm gonna I'm I'm give Mike T some credit, man. It depends if Teddy B plays. I'm, oh, I forgot about his concussion. If Teddy B plays, I want the Broncos. If Teddy B doesn't play, I have no faith in Drew Locke. It's gonna be the Steelers. Oh, I think the Steelers will have a field Thanks. day with a good old Drew. Uh, Bears Raiders. JB, <laughs> I'll go last. Just- no, I'm playing Raiders. That's Raiders. For the content. For the content. For the content. The I'm rocking with the Bears until they prove me wrong, and they have yet to do that this year. Yeah, I'll go with the Raiders. I'll say Josh Jacobs will hang. I'll pull the JB on you guys. Josh Jacobs will bang a buck 20 on you. I'm going with the Bears until they prove me wrong. Jacobs going to hang a buck 20? Oh, a buck 20? No. You fucking put money on that hoe. No. Put some money on that give me, hoe. Give me, you know the last give me time better you, odds. You know, give me better odds, then. Five to win 10. No, that's... I could bet that. Five to win 15. No. No, I can't do it. Five, five for 20 at least. No, 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 no. I'll do five to 15. Five for 20 at least. You owe me five. Five for 15. Yeah, so I'd be trying to win my five back. Five for 20. It's got to be four to one odds. But then I'm giving you 25. 20? But then I'm 20? giving. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I'll give technically the five to 20, but then you, I just send you 15 because you owe me five. No, because we're betting five dollars. I'd be winning twenty bucks. Oh, you are betting five bucks. Nah, nah. But last a time, twenty. You're not even confident. Last time I you said, said a buck twenty. Oh, shit, I'll do five for twenty. Last time you said that a running back was gonna hang a buck twenty on our heads, he got fucking twenty eight yards and his ass stomped on Monday Night Football. 
So that's why I'm confident. Who's that? that Todd Gurley. Oh, yeah. oh, he's hanging one twenty-two duddies on your ass. I said, yep, yeah, twenty-eight yards, motherfucker. Minus a hundred. <laughs> Browns, Chargers. We all rocked with the Browns. Giants, Cowboys. Can we all just say Cowboys? Yeah. Forty uh, ers Cardinals. Arizona. Uh, Bills, Chiefs. We all already said the Chiefs, except for Justin. He's rocking with the Bills, and then Colts, Ravens on Monday night. I'm rocking with Baltimore. Baltimore. Yep. All right. There's your Week Five pickums. Let's go ahead. And, we got any live bets? That was the only live bet. Come on. Let's do five apiece. I'll take Washington and the Chiefs. You take the Bills and. Uh, hell no. No. That, I, that, those Both are only two. Win. Yeah. Both gotta win. Both gotta win. Oh. Wait. No, so what if we split? Oh, so you're just saying. Then you, the money's free. I got Chiefs, Chiefs, Washington. You got Saints, Bills. No. Oh, bro, that's good. One of those. That's good. That's good. I don't trust the Saints. I don't feel good about either one of those. Well, I don't feel good about either one of those either. If I was either. unsure about one, but I was confident about the other one, then I'll do it. No, I ain't. They're fifty-fifty games. You guys, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm no a little disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. All right, let's go ahead and get into our overrated, underrated, just NFL announcers this week. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the overrated. Me first? Is that why you're just staring at me? Yeah. Like as a pair or just like an individuals? I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let us even go color commentators as well. So not just play by play. I'll even go. I'll, I'll allow color commentators as well. Who's an overrated either play by play or color commentator? Dude, maybe again, maybe this is just a little biased because of the game that they announced for us. But definitely Gus Johnson and Akeem. Oh, oh my God, bro! I mean, it was insanely bad, dude. Like it was just, I don't know. Akeem isn't good. Akeem Talib should not be an announcer. And again, that's a, a part of thing that gives me hope that maybe I could be an NFL announcer if Akeem Talib could do it. Saying, "Man, it's some, it's some." No. Kyler Murray out here slinging the ball, and I'm like, "Bro, I could give a better in-depth analysis than that." His coverages. Hey, the bad. only thing that he's good at breaking down was breaking down the coverages because he was a cornerback. Like literally, he gives no more in-depth analysis the, than that. They did the Cardinals game, obviously, and they were just. When I say sucking Kyler Murray's dick, they were sucking Kyler Murray's dick the entire time. The Vikings could go down and score a touchdown. It was it was not about the last drive. It wasn't about what we done on that last. It was, oh, time for Kyler Murray to come back and do the same thing. And it was like, oh, dude, shut the fuck. Like, <laughs> give a little credit, bro. Give a little credit where credit's due. Like, we hung 33 on their defense, and they were just <laughs> sucking him off the whole time. Overrated. You, you get, you Overrated. I don't have any um nobody I necessarily hate, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna sit this one out. But uh, I got somebody that I do enjoy listening to. Uh my overrated pick, I gotta rock with Troy Aikman. I just have not I like I'm not even saying Joe Buck. I like Joe Buck, honestly. Like he's grown on me. He used to be so bland and so boring. I think finally someone finally told him to like, hey, no pull that stick out of your ass, bro. Like, he's great at what he does. His voice is great. And I think he's finally, you know, having fun in the booth. I just, I don't like Troy. I mean, Troy, I I just, I don't know. Every time I watch Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, like, Troy Aikman just bores me. You know, his analysis is all right, but it just, I, I just don't think he's good. Like, Tony Romo is, like, what color commentator. Like, he is, like, the 
color commentator of com- color commentators. Like, we haven't seen anyone in the booth like Tony Romo, in my opinion, as in color commentators. I mean, he's phenomenal. Every play, really in-depth. Troy Aikman, I really am starting to believe the memes that he's high because that boy is just boring. His eyes are always red, man. That dude's got to be stoned or some shit. Uh, let's go underrated NFL announcers. That was going to be mine, Tony Romo. Tony Romo? I wouldn't even say. I feel like he's perfectly rated as, like, the GOAT of CCs right now. I just feel like he doesn't get enough attention or very many big games. I feel like CBS doesn't get enough attention. He gets the biggest game on CBS, but I feel like CBS, like, everyone's, like, always, like, oh. Well, maybe that's why I think why I think that. I just feel like he doesn't get very many big games. Well, him and Nance and Romo always do the biggest game for the AFC other than. Yeah, but what has he done this year? I mean, that's the thing is that you got to think about it. We're NFC guys. We watch NFC football. So 90% of the time when we're watching football, it's on Fox. So we don't get to watch Troy Aikman as much. And I'm sure it's completely different for, you know, AFC guys. They probably get to watch Troy Aikman. Maybe 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 that's why I think that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, I'm completely disagreeing with uh, JB here. I'm rocking with Gus Johnson as my underrated. uh, His voice, sure, but. No, yeah, he's so exciting. He's so exciting. He's so exciting to listen to. I mean, he is by far, like, he was the Madden guy. I don't know if you guys remember him from Madden. Um, He did, like, I think. No wonder he was taken off. 09 to 2014. That's bullshit. He should have never been taken off because he was fun to listen to. Then he did college football, which college football does suit him. Like, that's. That's te- that's where he's best at. Take him back because he still is. He still does college football. Like he does both. Um, that's where he's best at because college is college football is more big play, constantly high scoring, and that just fits Gus Johnson's profile perfectly. Because he's very exciting to listen to. Um, his voice is amazing, and uh, yeah, I think he's one of the most underrated NFL announcers by far. Uh, it, I'm so happy that he's back in the NFL. I mean, I was. Beyond thrilled when we had Gus Johnson in the booth for the Bears Lions game this weekend, and he was just making some great calls. My favorite call was uh, on Justin Fields' like last big play, the one to Allen Robinson in double coverage. It was like Justin Fields is pitching the rock today, baby. Like that, like that was awesome. Like I love Gus Johnson. I think he's completely underrated, and I think JB just had a bad experience with him because he would. Uh, just happened to be calling for the potential MVP this year. And you know how they are. And you know how they get. But, yeah, that's your – you got any uh, underrated ones, Justin? Who you like in the booth? Um, I like Lewis Riddick on Monday nights. Uh, I feel like – I don't know. I just – I just I feel like I always learn something when I listen to him, whether he's, like, um, broadcasting or reporting. Um, I just he, – he has a great voice. Very, very knowledgeable about the sport of football. I believe he played back in like the nineties. So I mean, just he need he honestly needs to be like somebody GM or something. But yeah, I mean, I I, I really enjoy uh, Lewis Riddick on Monday nights. I love it. I'm a stats guy. I enjoy listening to anybody who will break down the stats like mid game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah I I agree. I like Lewis Riddick as well. I think that's a very good one. I like Brian Greasy too. I feel like. Monday Night Football's booth is finally heading in the direction where it should. I know they talked about, you know, stealing Al Michaels from Sunday Night Football and pairing him with Peyton Manning, which I do think Peyton Manning would do great in the booth. I do. I think he would be phenomenal in the booth. Um, I've watched his detailed videos where he breaks down. Yeah, but his with Eli Manning, they just 
Yeah, yeah I see, look, I, I was super excited about the Manning cast, uh, the big, huge Monday Night Football cast with him and his brother. It's more just like interviews, like in the middle of the game. I feel like they're not really truly breaking down the game like we want them to. That's why I watch games is because I want I want people to know what they're doing, break down what's going on for me. Um, like, yeah, I, I, I definitely can, like, you know, I've watched football for enough years where I kind of have a fairly, really good understanding of what's going on on the field, but we also can't see every angle of every play, so that's where I want the breakdown from. Uh, Peyton and Eli just don't give that to me. You know, I'm sure it's hilarious. I'm sure the interviews are great, but when I'm watching Monday Night Football, I want the in-depth analysis. Uh, but I, like I said, I feel like Monday Night Football, their booth is finally in the right direction because I love Lewis Riddick. I like Brian Greasy, and Steve Levy's got a nice voice. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Pinewood Perspective. Lots of football. I'm going to be enjoying the Vegas sun and the Bears losing in Allegiant Stadium, but I'm going to be having fun. It's like, can I really lose? Like, yeah, my Bears lose, but, like, oh, I walk out. Oh, bricked. Man. You're getting jumped before you leave Vegas <laughs> if the if the Bears win because I know I know you and I know how you are and a hundred percent if you're sitting in the 18th row and all those Raiders fans see you going nuts, bro, you're gonna get bullied before you leave that how stadium. How <laughs> many beers have I had? <laughs> you're you're having probably at least five. At the, at the game. Then there's there's a chance. Yeah, you're I'm getting jumped because I wouldn't say jump, but you're you're definitely getting heckled. I would definitely get Oh, so fast. Like, they're going to hate Yeah, you. I, I if one, win, of, one of the big dudes with the spikes. Yeah. One of the big Raiders dude with the spikes. He's got his yeah. face painted. He's like, what you say, little boy? If I got. <laughs> Come over to you. If I got five beers in me, you know, I'm feeling pretty Oh, saucy. you're having at least five. You're in Vegas, bro. You're going to be drinking all weekend. Yeah. All right. There's a good chance that I'm drunk at the game. And you're getting fucked up. And there's a good chance like, that. physically fucked up. There's a good chance that words might come out of my mouth to Raider fans yep. that probably should not come out of that I would so not bitch. that I would not say if I'm sober. That's what I would say. That's the why biggest I take thing. Montgomery over Josh Jacobs. You're damn right. That's the biggest. <laughs> ups, that's the most upsetting uh, thing about this weekend's game is that I, David Montgomery doesn't get to show Raider fans on their home field that he's just as good, if not better, than Josh Jacobs. That's the thing. Will, that Will's got beef with one of our old coaches because he's a Raiders fan. He said Josh Jacobs is better than David Montgomery. Oh, he made it seem like it was, like, not even close. So that's what pissed me so off. So it's, like, a big beef between yeah, them, and I get to hear Will talk about it all the time. Yeah, that that's that's probably my biggest beef in the league is, you know, everyone. Because the big the, – the tie to Jacobs is, you know, he was a part of the Mac trade, you know, the pick that they took him with. And they're like, oh, have fun with Cleo Mac. We got Josh Jacobs. And I'm like, motherfucker, we got a – he got David Montgomery. Like, I'm not bitching. And, you know. But yeah, there's a good chance that words might be coming out of my mouth that good luck. should not be said. And it's funny I'll be because thinking about I you. never thought I was going to be that guy when I get drunk at a oh, sports game guy. until I was that guy at the White Sox game earlier this year. And they threatened to arrest me because I called Carl Edwards Jr. a fucking bitch. And I said that he got a Mickey Mouse ring with the Cubs. <laughs> And I don't know why I said it. I just said it to say it because I actually liked Carl Edwards Jr. when he was with the Cubs. But I was just like, yeah, I'm drunk. Fuck you, Carl. Like, <laughs> And he was like, you want to be arrested and thrown in Cook County Jail for disorderly conduct? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't. 
<laughs> and the best part about that game was there was a Raiders fan sitting below us wearing a Josh Jacobs jersey in the whole game. I was like, fuck you, bitch. And that poor guy was probably just trying to match a, his match with his White Sox hat that he was wearing. He was probably just trying to have some matching colors. And he was wearing yeah. a Josh Jacobs jersey. And I'm like, fuck the Raiders. Dave Montgomery's better, you fucking bitch. Uh, yeah, it was a bad night. But let's wrap Will's it up. Will's that guy. It was, that was a one-time experience. Will's Since then, I have, uh, when I've been drunk, I've been pretty calm at uh, sporting events. I think it was just because, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not a Sox fan. I was at the Sox game drinking, having fun. I was just Go like. Go Sox! I was like, fuck it. Yeah, uh, for the city of Chicago, go Sox. Uh, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Pinewood Perspective. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll be here right back next week. I'm Will G. I'm JB. I'm Justin Matthews. And this is the Pinewood Perspective. Perspective.